Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it is good to be with you. Today we are taking some time to talk about four forms of compassion. Not that there would only be four in the world, but that there are at least four that we could talk about. And I have found a little bit of inspiration around this lately, uh, actually from Jesus's life. So Jesus takes this time in Luke 11 and verse 34 to talk about when the eyes are healthy, the entire body is full of light. And it turns out that this other word for healthy there is generous, when the eyes are generous. So there's this kind of notion of when I am seeing the world in generous ways, I feel generous, right? There's all this generosity in me and flowing from me. Uh, which brings up all sorts of things. Uh, I was recently in a training where we read this article, What is Ours to Do?, which can be a very open-ended question. It can feel very fluid, this what is ours to do. And I've discovered that I have a lot of S-brain tendencies from the Myers-Briggs, like things that are practical and concrete. They help me to organize my world and get things out and feel like I know what's going on. So I ran into some information recently that was very S-brained, and I'm excited to have a conversation about it. So these four forms of compassion, Maybe we'll just go through them one at a time so we can kind of sit in them. But one possible form is this thing that I'm calling presence. And so in order to think about these, I kind of created these like images of self in the mind. So imagining that one's arms are out and fully extended, that eyes are open, that ears are open. This is kind of our form where maybe we can't always fix things, but we can always be available. We can always listen. And so presence, arms open, eyes open, ears open, fully present. That's the first one. I like the description that you've given of the forms of compassion. And I really can see how this could be beneficial in viewing the world. But just being honest here, I think presence is probably my most difficult way of being in the world. Like I really have to set intention to be present And I think this is where I've done different listening schools in my life and different taking in different literature. Even though this may be challenging for some people to like to give people presence, like to be fully with someone and just stating for myself, that's uh, it can be challenging. I, I think it can be done. Like we can learn to be present to people and open to who they are. And I think, you know, we gravitate towards certain individuals in life. I think, you know, like I'm, I, I can totally uh, gravitate towards sports people or uh, people that love to be outdoors. I think there's so many different individuals in life. And if we want to receive from everyone, I think we have to be generous and open ourselves to other types of people. I, I find it to be hard, but doable. I find myself really struck by your opening, Christina, about the eyes. And if the eyes are full of light, health, generosity, that that's how we show up. I think that that is so meaningful in what are my eyes looking for? Are my eyes looking for the light in the other as I'm 
holding presence and space, what is both coming in and coming out of my what I'm seeing actually. And so I think that's a profound, and I've, I've actually read that Bible verse before and it's like, what does that even mean? Like if your eyes are full of light, <laughs> you know, your pupils dilate more, I don't know. But I, I think this is a really helpful way to frame it of the way in which, you know, if we want to engage with light and generosity and health, there's, there's this give and take that I'm hearing from you this morning. Yeah, I, I appreciate what you're saying in terms of this is not an easy space to be in uh, at all times. And in fact, some of the things that I've read are even like, nope, it's like a practice Like you have to work to develop it. Uh, but I also appreciate the notion of I can't always fix it. And that is, like, I think we're a fix it culture, right? Like, oh, something's wrong. Let me fix it. So to be able to sit in, I'm just going to be present for you. And, and I keep doing this with my arms, which you won't be able to see since it's a podcast, but this opening, I'm just going to be here. I'm just going to be present, uh, which does, I think, take a lot of breathing, right? <laughs> a lot of centering in the body. But I, I, I hear you. Uh, maybe I'll give us another one. So we can keep adding on and we can go backwards and forwards if we want, but at least we'll have more. Uh, so another form is this notion of resilience. And so in this one, the form that I imagined was uh, in, now instead of arms being out, they're, they're more up like a tree. So we have this notion of branches that are fully extended and roots. So maybe our feet are like fully rooted into the ground. And so wind can come and it moves us, right? Like we feel the effect of the wind it's there but it doesn't break us we are resilient so we have our presence we have this notion of also being able to be resilient as the struggle comes so my guess is that this rootedness is what brings their resilience and i remember hearing somebody talk once that that we need to have greater depth in order to have that greater breath or width or resilience like you're describing christina and so i think it just kind of piques my curiosity as to what does it mean to be rooted and how does one maybe engage in this idea of resilience. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. I think life probably can help us become rooted. I think how we respond to circumstances. I think this is something that I, I feel like I, I can identify with. I've gone through so many different seasons of life and circumstances. You know, if you think about a tree that's endured uh, harsh winds or harsh winters, there's a rootedness to those trees that circumstances have developed. And I find that to be true in my own life, this resilience. I think that I'm a resilient person. I like what you you brought up about keeping your arms upstretched. For me, I think that speaks to the practice of thankfulness. Even though you have endured hardship or hard times, there have been many good things in life. And so to be thankful helps us to, to be rooted, to continue to be resilient. Yeah, these are good questions that you were asking around what is all this about? And I know very little about trees but i've been learning more recently and chris you're i think you're already saying it actually so it turns out like the storms are good for the tree because it causes the bark to get thicker it's like with each storm there's like this kind of durability <laughs> that comes to the bark and then when the water goes down into the ground the roots grow longer in order to like get go after that water to chase it and so apparently there are all these books written on trees that i need to read like the wisdom of trees and things like this so when i have a moment i will i will go do that but yeah i mean so i wonder too if this resilience extends to ourselves and to others so somebody tells us something and, and we blow right we feel that we're like whoa that's really intense but it's not going to just drop me um, I suppose this is sort of like the consider it all joy 
when all of these struggles come against us, right? A very non-favorite, but often quoted scenario of like, all of this is, is building something in us. I don't know. Does that resonate? Does that take us somewhere? I resonate what you're saying as far as, you know, maybe as we're engaging with others, something that they say can blow us. Maybe it's not just our own thing, but hearing the story of somebody else. And I think that that's very much my life, right? Where I'm, I'm hearing, I'm taking in all of this from people. And so, and I want to, I want to be able to, to take that in with people. And yet there has to be this nourishment that does go down into my own soul where I can't just hold on to those things. And so even this idea of a win, like, it can be shaken off of me as well. I don't have to then take those things down into the depths of who I am. I can shake those off and then really focus in on that rootedness that we're describing. And it reminds me of the Benedictine spirituality. One of their core values is stability. And I was in a retreat years ago and someone had put this word on the, on the board stability and sort of what, what came up for us. And it was dual. There was some attraction, like, yes, I want to be a stable person. There's something rooted and appealing to that. But also this idea of like, is that too static? If I'm stable, am I going to miss out? And so I think what I'm hearing you describe, Christina, is there's a rootedness, but there's also movement, wind. It's not like a a steel rod or something like that that's dug into the ground, but there's, again, seasonality of trees, movement, those sorts of things. So I, I think that image I find helpful. Yeah, there's this ability to be in an emotional space, right? Because I like what you're saying too around, oh, I'm going to be with you and I want to be with you, but that's a lot for me to take in, which kind of brings me into the next form of compassion, awareness. Uh, And I find this one super tricky because I have moments in my life where I feel really open to hearing about all the things in the world. Like, okay, give it to me, tell me all. And then there are times where I'm like, I've invested and I'm done and I don't want to hear any more. And then one more horrible thing happens and I just want to get my blinders out. <laughs> I just want to be alone. Um, and so in this form of compassion, we imagine maybe we have many arms and we have many eyes. So it's just this ability to be there and to see what really is. And so sometimes they talk about this notion of the beginning of understanding is awareness. And so now here I am, and it's still not necessarily an active thing. I just am seeing it. So that's the next one. Yeah, I like how you even frame the question, what are our experiences of awareness? And, you know, like uh, having many arms and having eyes that, that, that see and penetrate. And again, I think, I think these all sort of move uh, through each other. You know, they're, they're interconnected. I think resilience probably helps you be more aware. You know, we're just talking about other people's stories and, and, and sitting with some of the things that, that we're hearing, but not taking them into, you know, the depths of who we are. And I think probably awareness helps us. What is, what is the overall, the many eyes, the many, the many hands reaching out. Uh, So I like how, how these forms of compassion can sort of play on each other. So that's, that's what comes up for me. I have found a lot of freedom in the practice of awareness because it's not fixing, it's not judging. It's just simply noticing, which is so freeing to me because, and I appreciate kind of the idea of the many eyes, like I can see, I can be aware. And then from that awareness, maybe there's invitation towards action, the hands that you're mentioning, and maybe there's not, maybe there's just that awareness and I can let that go and release it. And so personally, as I've been engaging more with awareness, 
that is a full stop. Like awareness is a thing. It's not like you're aware so that then you can make a, a list of 12 things that you can do to, to change that. So I have found a lot of freedom personally in the practice of awareness. Oh, I appreciate that. Notion. It's just a full stop, right? I'm just knowing. Um, and self-compassion really plays into this, right? I mean, first of all, I think it's worth it to acknowledge how revelation that image is, right? <laughs> and there was the being with many arms and many eyes. Um, but this self-compassion to be able to uh, someone described it recently, this is definitely not mine, but the pause and the breath to just say to oneself, this is difficult. Be be there with even oneself. I hear all of these things and this is difficult. And then even, like I can get into a shame sense of, I should have had a better response and then to just back away again. This is difficult because that's a lot, right? There's a lot going on in the world. I'll give us one more and then we can, because I think you're right, Chris, with the interplay on all of these. So one more is the form of justice. So finally, for our action oriented, we just want to fix it. Um, but it comes out of a different space, right? It's more out of that I, I can't help but act. So it's not like, oh, I feel obligated to fix, but this is mine to do. I have to do it. And so for some people, maybe that is the justice warrior stance of some sort or like my sign, I'm going marching. And I, but I feel like in other ways, it might be like, I am armed with my reusable shopping bags, saving the environment one shopping trip at a time. You know, some like form that we take that says, this is mine, I am doing the thing, I am lessening suffering in the world. So that's the, the fourth form. And I think this is, you know, where for me, this, the form of justice, where the others really come into play, uh, if I'm doing the others well, I feel like I do justice well. I, I stand up or I take action for the right reasons rather than uh, reacting to circumstances, reacting to situations out of uh, an unhealthiness in myself. So that's what comes up for me with the form of justice is like if I have all the others working in my life, all the other forms of compassion, I do justice the right way. Yeah. And just co coming alongside that as well, then justice isn't just a one-off thing, but it's actually an integrated part of life. It's sustainable. It's fueled by these other three things that you mentioned, Christina. So I would agree with you, Chris, that, and again, the interconnectedness of all four of these things, it's not just I'm jumping. And I think that's our, our natural tendency, right? Is, is we see the brokenness and suffering and we want to jump to the, the action, the, what do I do? That's practical. Right. And I appreciate that you kind of even name, and not that it's sequential, but that you name this as the fourth thing is we're kind of aware of all these other pieces that, that that is an integrated form. Yeah. Even in terms of like, if you were doing cognitive type therapies, there are certain thought distortions and, and they give names to them. And so then you're able to identify like, I am solidly acting out of X right now. <laughs> this is my all or nothing thinking. This is my personification thinking. Uh, and similarly here, I think this business of, oh, I want to be generous in the world. I want to be open. What does that look like? How do I do that? Sometimes I can then say, like, I am being present right now. I, I was just resilient back there, right? Like earlier, that was a resilient moment for me or... Um, I am just sitting in awareness. That's the best that I have right now is just to learn and to know. And, and then obviously, right? Like I am in full justice mode. I cannot stop myself. <laughs> I don't know. Are there other ways that this is helpful to you or anything that like suddenly comes up as we're having the conversation? 
to touch briefly on, I think what this also comes up for me is like uh, there's there's a thing known as nonviolent communication or compa compassionate communication, and I think this helps paint that uh, in in a in a really good light. And so I've appreciated this conversation uh, as I think about nonviolent communication or I think about compassionate listening. Uh, these forms are super helpful. So thank you for bringing it up today. And then, yeah, just the only thing that I would want to maybe re-highlight that you briefly mentioned, Christina, is self-compassion, um, that yes, compassion is for the others, but we also have self-compassion. And what does it mean to maybe sometimes stand up for myself and have those boundaries or things that I need to name or to be present to myself, resilient with myself. And so thank you for mentioning that it's not just the compassion for others, which is so important, but also compassion for self. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Right? I am aware <laughs> of the struggle going on in me. That is also a big deal. And yes, I am thankful to you guys too, because like I said, what a big topic, this notion of being in the world and offering compassion. So thank you to both of you for having this conversation with me. Now we are going to transition to the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into this week. So tell me, friends, what are we into? Well, I am into soup. And this is a sore subject in my household because I love a good soup. I really, really enjoy soups. It doesn't matter, especially in the fall. It's just oh, soup time. And most of my family does not share the same love for soup perhaps someone on this podcast whom I'm married to. And so I have decided, you know what? I'm going to embrace soups. I don't care if anybody else wants the soup. I am into soup. So I have been busting out some different new soup recipes that I am excited to make this weekend and try. So I am firmly, solidly into soup. Well, I am firmly and solidly into not outing other people. So I have had lots of opportunities to out others recently. And, uh, I've actually had to walk through uh, some situations with my daughter recently. Some things have come up at school. We've been talking about these, like what emotions come up for you when you're faced with these circumstances and situations? And so the question is, should I tell on them? Should I, should I out them? You know, we've been talking about, well, you can do that. But really, I think the important thing is to discuss how do you feel with that scenario? And so I'm into not outing others. That is excellent. Well, I, I can get on board with both of those things. And soup is a really lovely thing in our household. Um, so you are welcome to, you know, bring your soups here and I'll bring my soups there. <laughs> and I think um, I am into homemade applesauce these days because it's the fall. And last year we didn't do homemade applesauce because the year before we did so much that we we tried this other thing and it was not the same. So we are making all the homemade applesauce and canning it and jarring it. And there was a little bit left over that wouldn't fit in the jar, just too bad for us. And so we got to enjoy all of that. That is my world for now. Well, thank you for joining us today. If you are looking to go deeper into your spiritual journey, I wanna invite you to check out the spiritual direction page on our website, thecontemplativelife.net. There's all kinds of practical information there about what spiritual direction and companioning is, and you can obviously contact us from there as well. So thank you so much for being with us, and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye.